please join us for the very first Indie Pods United Convention. This online event is for both new and veteran podcasters, where we will listen and learn from each other. The online Indie Pods United Convention begins on the 29th November through until the 3rd of December 2020, featuring amazing shows and information to learn more about the great world of podcasting. For more information and to register for this unmissable event, please visit the website now, IndiePodsUnited.com. Indie Pods United Convention. Together we listen. Sponsored by Pinecast, Reset Business Consulting, the SJ Network, Rocabella, Cami, and Kelly. The hosts of the Pop Culture Cosmos collide once again, this time on the brink of a new era of gaming. Join us as we explore the Xbox series and the PlayStation 5 as a new console war begins with our latest game source profile of the next console generation. Joining us once again on Game Source Profiles as we preview some of the hottest games and consoles coming out in the not too distant future. I'm Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Game Source, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there catching all of our great shows. And if you can, please give our channel a five star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, do whatever you can to go ahead and support us here at Game Source, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break, it is truly appreciated. Well, it is coming November 12th. It is the dawn of a new generation of consoles. Actually, two days before Xbox Series X and Xbox Series S gets their debut, but shortly thereafter... The PlayStation 5, coming off one of the best-selling console generations ever in the history of video games with the PlayStation 4. Can they top it? Do they have something up their sleeve to go ahead and ensure over 100 million in sales? Even more, possibly, than the PlayStation 4. We're going to discuss this and more when it comes up to what we're talking about here today. And here today to talk about this is a good friend indeed is our fellow host of the PC Multiverse. You got to catch what he's doing every single Friday as the show hits around the world on radio and also the Pop Culture Cosmos channel worldwide for any podcast outlets out there. It is Marcus De La Garza. And as my fellow host, my friend, it's good to have you previewing the PlayStation 5. Dude, I'm just so excited to do this. This has been a few months in the making here, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to... Just kind of doing a deep dive on PlayStation generally and then, you know, really hyping up the PS5 because this is something I'm really excited for. I know I'm excited for it as well. I'm going to have a lot of people talking the PlayStation 5, whether it's on our preview here today or on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel for our shows. I know it's something a lot of people are excited for. Tell me first about your history with PlayStation, about how far does it go back and, and what was really the appeal for you when it comes to the PlayStation? So I remember the very first PlayStation, like PlayStation 1 game I ever played was Metal Gear Solid. No pun intended, solid release in 1998. 
you know, just an outstanding game. I don't really remember doing too much with the original PlayStation other than Metal Gear Solid, and that was because my the neighbor behind me had a PlayStation, and we'd just go over there and play after school. But after that, it was the PS2. That was just a, a magical time for me because it, it felt like uh, we had the P- uh, PS2, we had the Dreamcast almost around the same time as well. N64 was, you know, a year or two in that same threshold as well. But it just like it was a great time for gaming, and I was very fortunate. I had a, both a PS2 and a Dreamcast at the time, and that's really where I got my roots in gaming. It inspired something, and and it's it's not to say I hadn't played before that because my my family was a Nintendo family. Like we had a SNES growing up, and we played a lot of Super Mario Brothers, and it, it just like it it was something that was very natural in our house. But you know, the PS2 for me was really where things took off. But I'm having a tough time like bringing any games forward in my brain. A, a lot of it was NFL 2K, if I remember correctly. That was really popular at the time, NFL and NBA 2K. And NASCAR, I'm not even lying to you here, Gerald. We had some of our first NASCAR games on disc at that time too. It was a magical time. It's really kind of set the stage for me for the PS3, obviously. Once you're in the family, you're in the family. And I did own both at one point. When I had my PS3, I had an Xbox 360 and I got rid of that you know, within about a year, year and a half of owning it and just stuck with my PS3. And it was something that I really enjoyed but, you know, it's, it's had some great roots in my life, and it's, it's, it's spurned some great friendships, too. That's the, the big thing for me. PlayStation has is, is really actually given me a couple of my lifelong friends. PlayStation 2 came out after the PlayStation, and it just really kick-started, and I think to a whole new level. Even however popular the PlayStation was, the PlayStation 2 became an icon uh, as far as it really solidified Sony's place within the video game industry. PlayStation 3 came out, I think they were very overconfident going into it. And the price of the unit itself was exorbitant, whether you got the base model or the 60 gigabyte model, which I got, which was closing in on $800, which- It was rough, man. It, it was rough a lot for a lot of people. And early on, you could tell it was suffering as far as sales is concerned. It had some really bad press going into it. Also, it's very hard to configure for third parties out there trying to configure games for it. I know the chipset and the way the PlayStation 3 was designed was not a piece of cake for developers at that point in time. So eventually, it caught up with the Xbox 360 and overall sales worldwide. So they're very similar. But the PlayStation 4 was announced in the earlier part of the last decade and just a lot of hype going into it. But It was a lot of good hype because they did things in the E3 before it came out in regards to getting some really good pup. And that was to Xbox One's, or as they say, Xbox's failures or slip-ups, commentary, statements that were made, which were really truly detrimental to what was going on with the Xbox at that point in time, helped paved the way for the PlayStation 4 to really gain some early momentum. Yeah, and it's... Hmm. See, and you and I have uh, some different outlooks on the PS3 there, Gerald. Well, um, well the PS3, I'm just telling you, sales-wise, it was really a hard deal at first. Again, I bought first day, so I have the PlayStation 3. I had it pretty much the entire life cycle. In fact, I even had it more than the entire life cycle. Yeah. But... The PlayStation 3 itself was a really hard sell at $800 and $700, respectively. And like I said, ultimately, 
I, they evened out the sales, but at first they were put behind the eight ball when it came to early on. And see, I, I would argue that the PS3 being at $800, because at that time, remember, Blu-ray players were $1,000, $1,200. The PS3 was a steal for you at that point. You know, I you understand it was, it was a new concept on there. I'm just telling you for gamers, which gamers... Yeah, have, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. I, I got you. Uh, uh, gamers were looking towards as far as the video game end of it. I mean, you and I could take advantage of it and use it as, and like we did as a Blu-ray player. And you're right. I was on at that point in time before the market really dropped on the price. It was really at that point in time on the lower end, but it was still people were seeing it first and foremost as a gaming machine and in that sense it got off to a really bad start it's unfortunate that that's the legacy for it because i think the ps3 is really what launched a whole bunch of people in my generation into wanting to play better games just plain and simple it created a platform where you could make more narrative driven games i mean one of the things that we look forward to was not necessarily the god of war games but definitely the uncharted games there were several games that came out during the life cycle of playstation 3 which were broader larger in base things that had been done before that were really more narrative driven which could help bring in storylines there the last of us which was also a part of the playstation 3 at the tail end there stories that could be told on a broader basis which couldn't be told before right well and how much of that was just technological innovation? Because the PS4 felt like a gigantic step for us. Oh yeah, that was even more. I mean, the PlayStation 4, but I really think it got off to such a great start that the PS3 didn't. It's not only because Xbox made statements which fell ultimately flat on their face in regards to disc sharing and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. PlayStation took advantage of it in that E3 beforehand with the famous scene between the two execs, Sony execs, sharing the disc was one of the key moments in video game history because it basically took off in popularity for the playstation 4 which for the entire generation they never lived down that kind of pop culture moment is what solidified the ps4 you're right i don't even know why i'm arguing with you here Gerald. you're right that moment really did solidify it just the handing of the disc it's interesting to see those little moments that come out right before release for a console that can make or break your time with your consumers. Are we seeing that with what's going on with Microsoft buying up studios, with PlayStation kind of being very hush-hush with what's going on on just general screenshots of the operating system for the PS5? And that's something that we're going to take care of in our game profile on the Xbox. And also as well, we can ask those questions on our shows, the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PC Multiverse. Yeah, yeah. But I will say, my friend, when it comes to it, I think you're right. Xbox may have learned from the PlayStation's mistakes and them gaining an interest with GameStop and also buying interest into that as far as for a future promotional deal for several years, plus obviously buying Bethesda and other outlets to give them a stable of developers is a great sign. But getting back to the PlayStation 4, I mean, they found a level of success rarely seen in any console generation, whether it's handheld or home-based console. And they've sold well over 100 million units as of this time. And it cannot be described other than being a resounding success, the PlayStation 4. So it turns to a new generation coming up on November 12th with the PlayStation 5. I want you to go into a little bit of detail as far as your research into it and why it's going to be your pick for the first choice that you will have 
as far as the next console generation is concerned. Yeah, absolutely. This is going to be a very interesting time for both of these consoles that are coming out, but I have hedged my bets on the PS5, and a lot of it just comes down to the ray tracing and the 4K resolution that's going to be coming to the PS5, as well as 120 frames per second. I mean, like, Gerald, we're getting such great things here in this package, and it's $499. And we just talked about the PS3 being up at $799 for the 60 gigabyte model. I mean, obviously, things are changing, tech's getting cheaper to produce, especially the high-end chips that you need for uh, a unit like the PS5 or the PS4 at that time or the PS3 at that time, right? But just looking at the general specs for the PS5, you've got 16 gigabytes of memory, 825 gigabytes of solid state storage. I mean, think about your load times moving forward, right? For me, as a Destiny gamer on PS4, I'm hoping that on PS5, you know, if they do release or continue the, the Destiny franchise, we see better load times and we know that's already going to be coming just from some of the play videos that we've seen coming out from the wild. And just looking at some of the games that are coming out, and before I even get there, I feel like I'm jumping ahead of myself. We're redesigning the, the DualSense controller and we're moving into the Tempest engine for the sound card. Gerald, we've got some insane things that are happening on this console itself. Microsoft is competing. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that this is going to be the end-all, be-all unit here. I think that we're going to see a lot of hearty competition. But at the end of the day, the 4K resolution that you're going to be getting out of the PS5, and it's going to outcompete the Xbox Series S just simply because the two models that we've got, the model with the disk drive versus the model without the disk drive, how do you compete with the better resolution that you've got even on the PS5 that's the digital-only version at 399 Absolutely. I can understand that mind thought process because of the fact that, like you said, this is going to be the first time a console generation does not come with a cartridge or CD-based or DVD or Blu-ray-based right out of the get-go. I mean, at the tail end of the last generation of consoles, they did come out with digital-only consoles. But this is the first time a manufacturer is coming out with something that is going to be hard drive driven and it's something that a lot of people have to go ahead and take notice because at 399 that's going to be a very attractive model because the whole marketplace for video game and entertainment is becoming more download more streaming based so be that as it may the need to go ahead and buy things at a retail outlet going down to the store just to me, it seems like it's going to be something that a lot of people are going to be attracted to and drawn to that $399 for just being digital only. No, we're seeing the push here for the digital only versions, and it's rightfully so. We're at a point now where, and you and I have had discussions about this, I don't like the fact that we're moving towards digital only. I love my disc. And you I and Josh them. both. You and him are going to be the last ones on the hill, I'm going to tell you right now. I thought you were going to be the last one on the hill with me. Oh, I'll be there. But you know what? If I had, there's a good deal, you know, I might just jump off. You never know. I mean, if somebody wants to go ahead and convert my entire Blu-ray library into, you know, a digital. Yeah, uh, I, I kind of like my Blu-ray. Yeah, I, I hear you. But I'm, I may keep one of my old systems just in case. Who knows? But 4K Blu-ray, you're right. That obviously is something that is going to be very intriguing that both the Xbox series and the PlayStation 5 will have. I'm curious, though, uh, you know, there's the, the biggest thing I think when it comes down to it as far as the selling of these units is the games. And, you know, there's going to be third parties that have games across the board. Right. But there's also games that are supposed to be exclusive. Now, there's not a ton 
for either system that's coming out right away, especially at the launch of this console as far as exclusive. And I think that's one of the detractions for anybody that wants to go ahead and get a PlayStation 5 or an Xbox Series right now. But tell me why you're leaning PlayStation 5 when it comes to the games, because there's got to be some exclusive titles that you're, you're drawn to and that you're looking to get once they come out. Man, it's not even about the exclusives. I'm just excited to see Assassin's Creed on the PS5 and see it running on that hardware, right? There's something about the upgrades we're doing here that that is just wonderfully attractive. And I'll have to send you the link to make sure that we put it in the show notes. But it was with the new Unreal Engine demo that we saw the limits and the extremes that we could go to with a lot of the shading and a lot of the, the, the light tricks that we can make into these games now to make it appear real life. You know, and so I'm really looking forward to what the designers with Assassin's Creed and uh, Ubisoft uh, can do uh, with that that platform or that franchise and moving forward uh, with just these better graphics we're going to have. And it's not to say that we haven't had great graphics throughout the PS4 generation because we have. We've been spoiled as well, you know, with the PS4 Pro, but we haven't had something like this yet. No, we haven't. This takes it a step further. But this is the beginning of the console generation, so you're not going to be able to see games that are going to truly test the limits of the console, not in, at, at least all. in yeah. the first part. It always takes to either like halfway or near the tail end before you see these games, for the most part, maxing out whatever processor or processing tools that are within the confines of each console. So I'm intrigued to see where this goes, but there are going to be some exclusive titles. I mean... Obviously, yeah, we've talked about God of War on our show previously, the new God of War, which is supposed to be scheduled to be for a holiday 2021 release. That's going to be something of great interest to see how developed that is going to be. Uh, I mean, Horizon Zero Dawn is going to get be another one. Uh, uh, Spider-Man, Spider-Man, yeah, Miles Morales. You know, I mean, like we've got some great things. Gran Turismo 7. And then they're redoing the Ratchet and Clank, aren't they? Yes. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've got some really great exclusives, man. And and I know that I was kind of reaching out there with the Assassin's Creed Valhalla. That one really has attracted me. And I know we just talked about it, so maybe that's really hanging in my brain. But that Call of Duty, you know, the Ratchet and Clank as well. And then you just talked about this one, Watch Dogs Legion. I never got into Watch Dogs because I had friends that were playing on launch and had such terrible issues with the multiplayer. So I didn't even bother with it. But those same friends are coming back and they're still hyped about it and it might drive me over back into watchdogs legion well there you go there's a lot of interesting things that the processing power of the playstation 5 could do and the possibilities that go from there so it's gonna be very interesting to see where the playstation 5 can take us but ultimately the question is this when it comes down to it again i go back to the or i hearken back to the playstation 4 and over 100 million in sales, one of the most resounding success stories in video game history. So I ask you this, my friend, we're on the cusp of a new generation with the PlayStation 5. Can they have that kind of success once again? It's going to happen, but it's going to happen over a longer period of time. You know, with the moves that Microsoft's making in the last two months, it's going to be harder for them to maintain that that high level of early success that they had like with the PS4. Especially over the lifetime of the console, it's going to be harder to reach those numbers. I will say, though, that we've already got early reports saying that, what was it, 65 million units by 2024? 
in production and circulation. So, I mean, we're having some astronomical numbers, right? Like this is not pushing the bounds yet, but you would think that they'd be approaching that number a little bit sooner, especially with today's culture of always wanting to have the, the newest best thing. Well, it will become for at least a little while the newest best thing, but you know, the industry it's going to evolve and change. There'll be another newest best thing going forward. But for right now, it's going to be the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox series, but the PlayStation 5 comes out November 12th. I know there was a lot of controversy over the pre-ordering and a lot of mess ups over that, a lot of people scratching their head as far as the availability of it. But at some point in time, I think it's going to become readily available to the general public out there, hopefully by the end of this year, if not sooner, but it could be until the first quarter of next year before anybody can go ahead and drive to any store and pick that up. But for now, it is going to be something that's very wanted, very desired. It comes off, like I said, the success of the PlayStation 4. And how long it can ride that success, we'll have to wait and see. But I'm very intrigued to see where the PlayStation 5 is going to go moving forward. This is a console war. Let's call it what it is. This is a console war that's going to really shape the future. We've got some outstanding hardware coming to the masses, and we've got some outstanding developers that are really going to hedge their bets on either side of the console war. And we're going to see some great products because of it, dude. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this, Gerald. As am I, my friend, as am I. I truly appreciate you taking the time to speak to me on the PlayStation 5. Cannot thank you enough for doing so. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. We're just a few days away, my friend, from the Xbox Series S and the Xbox Series X being released out there onto the wild as we start or embark on a new console generation. I want to first ask you this, when it comes to the Xbox, this will be really, in my opinion, the first time that they will have an even slate, a clean slate, that they've got a lot of things in their back pocket that they could throw out there to consumers. This will be actually in my opinion, truly the first time they have a great foundation and can realistically win a console generation over Nintendo and Sony. I didn't say they would. I just said they have an opportunity to. You know, it's funny. I feel like Nintendo, just because it is Nintendo and the, you know the, the collector value and just like the mania that exists over their products, I think that even with like this this dry spell of games we we're experiencing right now through Nintendo, they really don't have anything to worry about because they can come out in February or March and say, "Hey, like this is guess what comes out next week? Super Mario Odyssey 2." And then it would sell a million copies. Like they really it is they can literally do no wrong by the fans. You know, and I think that that is something that will always work in Nintendo's favor. As for Xbox and PlayStation, they are like the Google and Apple of video games, right? They, they're they the, the bigs, you know, you go to E3, or used to go to E3, and you'd have, you'd see Microsoft and PlayStation competing with these massive booths and games and stuff. You know, to them, it's, it's a little different thing. Here's where I stand with the whole console launch thing, is that it was performed very poorly. They made everyone wait so long to find out what was going on. And there's so many like shady things going on behind the scenes with pre-orders. Like, you know, we were talking about with Walmart, you had to have had like a history of shopping for Sony products in order for Walmart to let you into the pre-order queue. Like there's just so many things 
going on behind the scenes. I'm sure Xbox experienced something similar. I don't know exactly what it was. I've heard stories about people who waited in line for hours or waited in not hours, but waited, you know, in, uh, during the queue trying to get one of these and still like never got it. So I don't know. There's just something. I don't think the pre-orders were done well for either of them. I'm going to try to buy an Xbox on no, uh, next Friday, right? November, November 10th. Yeah, so I'm going to try to get one, and here's why. Just because, like, I am... I think that Xbox, Microsoft has done a lot for their fans. You know, where, where Sony is... Sony, I guess, in the same way as Nintendo, can really, like, do no wrong for their fans. Like, they can just have a dry spell. They can say, hey, we're, our pre-orders are going live in three hours, and people will be like, yeah, I still want one. Um, but with Microsoft, it's been a slow rise for them. Like, they've never really... Xbox 360 was an excellent console. They did really well by their fans by, you know, offering to replace the ones that had red ringed. Xbox One had a, a, a big, uh, you know, it was an uphill climb for them. But, you know, I, I've always kind of like stayed faithful to them. And I like Phil Spencer. And I, I love that he is working towards more, uh, more IPs and he's working towards really giving the fans what they want as far as like backwards compatibility goes and faster loading time. You know, I, I feel like Microsoft is more like fan centric, you know, and if you're asking me reasons that I want to buy one, you know, I'm, I'm comparing them here. Uh, Microsoft has just straight out come out and said, we will upgrade a lot of your games for free. Whereas Sony has been really like, eh, we might may or may not, you know, they haven't really been clear on that. Microsoft has been solid on like the backwards compatibility. Like, you know what you're getting where Sony has been very vague about it. Uh, Microsoft has, you know, they bought Bethesda and, you know, that could be, that's going to be something big for them. But I think that they're, they care about their fans. Whereas like, I haven't seen that from Sony. And because of that, I am, I guess, a little more faithful to the brand that is Xbox. And that's something I'd, I want to ask you. I mean, you've, you've built that loyalty or they've built that loyalty with you over the years, but this is going to be a time where, again, both, I think, on as even as plain as possible going into a console generation. Even the last console generation with the Xbox One and PlayStation 4, Xbox One with some bad verbiage by Xbox execs, and also as well the, I guess the I guess the slam that PS that PlayStation really set up for them at that E3 where they, they talked about the game sharing and all that. It really put Xbox one off to a bad start now you can't say that they both don't have a dare uh, a dearth of, of new games coming up maybe playstation 5 is going to have a little bit more as far as new games but really when it comes down to it they will not have a specific exclusive game lineup that's going to get anybody most of the games that you could, will be able to get for it at launch will be a pre-existing games that you can buy on other platforms so what is the allure of the Xbox because again I think this time around they have as best a chance as possible to go ahead and come out on top this time around so you know what's funny is that I think the Xbox we, we would have seen so much more like fanfare over it had Halo Infinite clung to that release date and Absolutely. you know yeah and as someone who is a fan of Halo like I honestly don't understand what the big deal was like I thought the game looked okay they're experimenting with a new platform a new engine but then I'm starting to hear things about Cyberpunk and it sounds like the fact that 
they were asked to develop for both next gen and last gen consoles is what's causing all these i guess graphical problems with some of these games is what's causing it's, a lot of the delays it's scaling them down is the problem yeah. for the older systems mm-hmm so I, I have a, I mean, I think that the, you know, the loudness of the media or Sony fanboys or Microsoft fanboys, whatever it was, had still had something to do with the Halo Infinite backlash. But I also think that it's, you know, they were asking too much to have them develop these like high profile games for two different consoles. You know, that being said, I would have put more effort into securing one on pre-order day had Halo been a launch title with it. Now that I missed my chance to get one i'm still hoping to get one on launch day when you know we'll see how that goes but if you're asking me what the the main selling point for me is it would be the fact that games pass exists you know it'd be you have games pass you have access to all these libraries you pay for games pass ultimate not only do you get to play on your xbox one you get to play on your pc you get to play on the series x you get to play even on the project x cloud thing that they have going on now so it's just it's it's far more accessible and it's it's like Netflix for games, right? You're paying 12, 10, 12 bucks a month, depending on which one you have. And you just have access to all of these games. And, you know, Sony, I think they have PlayStation Now, I think the service is called. But from what I understand, it's not nearly as like user friendly or robust as Games Pass is. And, you know, if you're someone who's gaming on a budget, I definitely think that, you know, once you pay the $500 for the console, obviously, the access to games you get through Microsoft is going to be a lot bigger and better than the one you would get through Sony. And I would hope that in the future, because I'd also like to buy a PS5 at some point, that Sony would kind of you know grow their library too. But I guess at this point, because neither has big launch titles coming out, it's all matter of opinion or preference. It is at this point in time. But I think for me also as well, the big factor in why I would lean towards xbox if i do get either one in any amount of time is the fact that xbox has gone out of way to acquire studios within the past two years they've acquired a lot of studios and the big one obviously is the bethesda studios acquiring that corporation for several billion dollars and so that to me is a big sign that you know what they're going to go ahead and really get serious about this next generation of consoles I want to ask you this. We've talked before, and at first with both you and Marcus, I had said, you know what? They're never going to go ahead and make Elder Scrolls exclusive. That would be silly. You're throwing away so much money by doing that. But the more I hear and the more I see Elder Scrolls Six becoming a an exclusive title for the Xbox, I'm not going to say it's a certainty, but it's a definite possibility that could change my mind and that could swing a lot of gamers minds as far as just having the the crew at bethesda behind you now as an exclusive studio really makes it even more tantalizing to look into xbox you know it's funny i keep thinking i i mean i've been reading a lot they've been interviewing todd howard and phil spencer about the whole um, xbox acquisition of bethesda and i you know i'm seeing timed exclusives you know i'm not seeing like Elder Scrolls and Starlink or whatever it is. Was it Star? Was that the, what the game was called? Starlink that they were working on? A Starfield? Yes. Uh, Starfield. 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 Um, yeah, I, I'm not seeing these as like, boom, exclusive to this no matter what. I, I'm seeing them as like six-month exclusives, kind of like the Final Fantasy and Call of Duty content, right? Um, 
you know, I, and when it finally does, when Phil Spencer decides that it can release on PlayStation 4, I'm really hoping that it changes the mindset of a lot of the like toxic Sony fanboys that are out there and saying like, oh, maybe Microsoft's not such a bad company. It probably won't. And, you know, I don't want to be mean and say that PlayStation people can't play Elder Scrolls, but it would honestly just because of the attitude that a lot of them take on, it just it would not be any heartache for me if that makes sense but yeah i think the acquisition of bethesda is huge for microsoft especially like remember when skyrim came out that was a big game people were playing you could not find a copy of skyrim if your life depended on it like it was it was one of those games everybody wanted it you know i was fortunate enough to work at best buy when the game came out so i was able to snag myself a copy of it but that was a huge release and if the next one is anything yeah like but then skyrim, skyrim came out on every single platform known to man right right now it's <laughs> you know it's it's like when you play pokemon and you just find like caterpies over and over again that is what skyrim has become I mean, if you don't want to wait six months or a year or whatever to play the next Elder Scrolls, I can totally see that being a big deciding factor, especially because, again, it sold so many units. It has. And I'm looking forward to seeing both systems come out. I will be getting both systems at some point in time. But which one to decide first? I mean, you're giving the hard sell to people out there on leaning towards the next box. That's what you're looking to get first day. We want to hear what everyone thinks about which console that they're leaning towards when it comes to what they're looking for in the next console generation. So are you leaning Xbox or are you leaning PlayStation? We really want to hear your thoughts on this because it is coming up a new console generation. Do I think both systems are prepared in order to go ahead and handle this next generation? I don't think so. I think hindsight would have told you that they would have done a lot better preparation, a lot more things should have been taken care of before these consoles came out, but it is what it is, and November 10th and November 12th are almost upon us, so we want to hear your thoughts out there on if PlayStation or Xbox is going to be the way you go first in this console generation. Please, share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Thanks so much to Marcus De La Garza and Josh Peterson for joining us on today's program. If you have an upcoming game you would like to hear profiled from us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source, go ahead and reach out to us today, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Once again, thank you so much for listening. We truly appreciate it. Stay tuned next week for another Game Source Profile as we go ahead and do a deep dive into the behemoth itself, Call of Duty, as Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War is our next Game Source Profile. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to join us once again next week, right here on our next Game Source Profile. <laughs>